Uh, you're with Julian on the Brown Note. And leading into the review of The Counselor, last week I reviewed Out the Furnace, and they're relatable in a way that I said sometimes uh, films that aren't that great just have so much going for them. And in Out of the Furnace's case, it was the cast and the acting, regardless of the fact the film wasn't great, made it a worthwhile watch. And Leonardo DiCaprio, to add another segue in, is one of the producers of that film, and they're now being sued. I alluded to, um, I know, actually mentioned it, by the Rampapo Nation, who are this uh, group of, uh, well, this is the interesting part. They're being sued for racial vilification for making out that these people that live in these, uh, well, hillbillies, I guess, uh, would be the impolite term, outside of New York, a couple of hours outside of New York in the Rampapo Mountains, um, uh, suing, saying that they are depicted in that film as being uh, rednecks and uh, inbred and drug dealers and violent and all of this sort of stuff. And they're taking the uh, makers, including Leonardo DiCaprio as a producer, to court. But the interesting thing here, I think the Rampapo Nation are also in court to some degree to dis- to uh, see whether the uh, American government defines them as an indigenous culture, which I don't think they have legal status at yet. So I'm not sure how that will all play out. Anyway, the counsellor um, is... For me, I, I can un- when I read the bad reviews, I understood immediately that Ridley Scott paired with someone like Cormac McCarthy um, would be a disaster because I kind of think that Ridley Scott is a poor filmmaker. He makes films that I'll always watch because they always look good and they're always about great subjects. And sometimes they get over the line and sometimes I find the superficiality in them too much. Um, there's a lot of style over substance in his films and uh, he's kind of like an artistic version of his brother Tony Scott, um, famed for some of the uh, most onerous big-budget films I've ever seen with uh, the glitziest visuals and the emptiest subplots. Um, but I was wrong, actually. I don't think that um, a film which has been absolutely destroyed by critics and uh, is anywhere near as bad as it's been made out to be. And I don't think Ridley Scott really falls down. I don't think he falls down on his own. Um, It's written, the first film to be written for film by Cormac McCarthy, one of the world's most revered living authors, uh, who came to great prominence when the Coen brothers um, adapted No Country for Old Men and won Best Picture Oscar for it. And other films like All the Pretty Horses died an ignoble death, but his books are... Are revered, uh, Blood Meridian in particular, lots of people have talked about bringing to the screen, but no one's been brave enough uh, due to the extraordinary level of violence in the film. Um, but this time he's written a film, uh, and he's written a film which has got an amazing cast. Um, Michael Fassbender is a leader, and he stars as a lawyer for drug dealers, basically. He's a high-profile uh, lawyer, and he just goes by the name The Counselor. And he gets uh, engaged to his girlfriend, Penelope Cruz, who he's besotted with. Um, and they end up, uh, he ends up, I guess, feeling like he needs more money. He needs to start a life with her. He's in a financial bind and he wants in on these drug dealers' activities. Um, and the main point of contact for him is Javier Bardem, who's involved in a drug deal with Mexicans, uh, the Mexican cartel in particular. Um, and Fassbinder, Fassbender's character goes 
to a middleman who's one of his best friends and confidants, Brad Pitt, who he also has a number of dealing with to get advice on it. And both Javier Bardem and Brad Pitt's characters basically warn him off and tell him that this is a terrible world he's involving himself in and he will have to do things and make moral choices that he won't want to make and that he's a fool for even considering it, even though they allow him to go ahead for financial reasons. Javier Bardem is the uh, United States side of the operation, uh, married, well, in a relationship with Cameron Diaz, um, and she's a, a mercurial character in the background that seems a little bit more to her than's going on. Possibly Cameron Diaz's best ever performance. She is fantastic in this film. Um, it got hammered for mainly for the fact that um, it's so bleak. It is incredibly bleak. One of the bleakest major Hollywood films I've seen. And anyone that's familiar with Cormac McCarthy's work will um, notice a lot of the themes that are prevalent in his other work, particularly No Country for Old Men. You get a character who's not involved in criminality taking a path and then seeking to take numerous options to get off of that path and with McCarthy's work I think one of the strongest themes is once you've taken that first step you cannot get off the path all you can do is accept and it's really a film as this drug deal uh, spirals out of control through no thought of Michael Fassbender's uh, knowledge he's he does everything right as far as he's concerned but he gets into a situation where this massive shipment of drugs goes missing and he is unfortunately in the firing line for having been the person that has ripped off the Mexican cartel. Um, it's a film of fatalism and of how your choices cannot always be rectified and that you have to accept that what you've done is, the, as they say in the movie, is the world you've created and there is no other world for you. Um, and this is basically the journey, Michael Fassbender's torturous journey that he goes through in this film as everything gradually gets worse and worse. Um, if there are massive flaws in it, I don't think they are massive, but the writing by McCarthy, McCarthy is equally to blame. Um, he is too wordy here. This has got more profundity in the script than just about any film that came out last year other than maybe her um, but there's too much of it. He hasn't yet learned to tone it down so that people can actually speak the lines without it being overbearing. A lot of this film, there are some brilliant conversations between characters, and sometimes they go on far too long. Um, it's almost like you've got a profound three or four minutes, and then it spans out to an, six or seven minutes, and it didn't need to be that long. And maybe Ridley Scott, if he'd have had a stronger hand or a stronger understanding could have paired those moments back and made it um, slightly less dominated by dialogue as it is very dialogue heavy. But that said, it's Cormac McCarthy's dialogue and a lot of the dialogue is way above what you'll get in a normal script. Um, it's well shot. Ridley Scott unfortunately throws in some of his brother's uh, flashiness here and there, but for the main, he's, he's restrained. And I wonder in a film that's so obsessed with death and fate, how it affected Ridley Scott on the finished film that he had to break filming halfway through for his own brother's suicide. Tony Scott famously jumped off a bridge in America and committed suicide when he found out he had a terminal uh, brain tumour. And I do wonder, in such a dark, heavy movie, what that would have done to you. Um, I found it, I found it a, a very enjoyable film. Some of the scenes are too clunky. There's an opening sex scene with Pen Penelope Cruz and Michael Fassbender 
um, which I found excruciatingly embarrassing and very try-hard. And sex comes up a lot in the film. Sometimes it's really funny and engaging conversation. Sometimes it does smack of try-hardness. But in the main, compared to most thrillers, and I would compare this a lot to Savages, the Oliver Stone movie, which also focused on people involved in the drug industry impacting against a brutal Mexican cartel. But that film was vacuous and empty and glitzy, and this film is very, very heavy. There's lots of profound conversations between people on the nature of fate and on what you've done and how you can't always rectify it that really stayed with me. And um, there are sporadic moments of extreme violence, which McCarthy is always famous for in his books. Um, But overall... This gets like 35% on Rotten Tomatoes, like 3 out of 10. And I don't think it's anywhere near that. I think it's a very enjoyable, if you enjoy bleak movies, as there's not a lot of happiness or light in this film. But that said, it's also quite funny when Javier Bardem is is running through uh, stories about characters and sex scenes that have happened in his life, which is actually pretty amusing. Javier Bardem can... He's just the side of ladling it on too thick. Um, he's actually very good. He could have been Benici del Toro at his worst in this, but he's actually he's actually a pretty engaging character. Cameron Diaz is a revelation. Um, it, she stop plays, stops playing uh, comedic fluffy bunny roles and goes into her older years as uh, this kind of character. I think she's going to do very, very well as an actress as she was magnificent in this role which still manages to be quite funny but is actually quite dark as well and she's one of the most important characters in the film so instead of three and a half out of ten i'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten for the counselor out on dvd in a couple of weeks time and well worth checking out just for interest and just for an amazing cast and amazing script you're with julian on the brown note and this is miles who did i find something out 